All right, you ready to have the word uh, deposit this morning? I'm excited about the Bible. I'm excited about the word. I think I still have coffee in my veins from yesterday and from this morning, so I am ready to go. Amen. How many are ready to hear the word? We need it. Because, you know, one of the most important messages we could hear ever right now is to have faith and to trust in God. So important. Many things in our world right now, there's changes constantly happening. Praise God, some things are opening, I believe. Some of the restaurants are opening. Jim, we need to go to Leo's. That's right, brother. We're going to, some of you, I'm, I'm, I'm welcome. I'm open to lunch anytime. Schools, they don't want to bring that up, but they are starting to open some things up. But we will, as things back open up, we will need to continue to trust and put our faith in God. Amen? And our, our faith is in God. Because it seems like so often, so many things are being tested right now and shaken. So many things are being tested. But there's one thing that is never shaken. There's one thing that knows every test, and that is God. Amen? He knows what it means to be tested. And so I want to talk this morning about the, about the thought, and I'm actually going to do a series called Heart Check. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be talking about some scriptures that talk about the heart. And we need to have a heart examination this morning. It's time for a checkup. It's time for a checkup right now. And our heart is the place that God is always saying, give me your heart. If I have your heart, I have your life. And so our heart is important that we examine it and ask the Lord to search our heart and to examine it. If there's anything in our life that needs to be examined, whether we put other things ahead of God, if we have grudges, we need to have this heart check. A number of years ago, I had the pleasure of having an EKG. How many of you in this room have ever had an EKG? Isn't that a blast? No, I don't know if it is. So we've had stress tests. I've never had a stress test. I know some of you have been on the, on the treadmill and you have to get your heart rate up to a certain number. Or, or maybe some of you have taken the, the stress test with the, the you can digest the pill. And it's, I've heard it's really strange sitting there and your heart starts racing. I've never had that. But... The reason why I had an EKG is they were checking my heart, right? They needed to see the condition of my heart. And I was there with Heather having this electrocardiogram. That, did I say that right? Did I get that right, Sandy and Dean, and those who know those terminologies? Thank you. An EKG, and I was there, and they put those things on me, and I was, they shaved an area of my chest. And Heather probably wishes she could have waxed it because she likes to do that kind of stuff. But they, they put those things on me and they checked my heart she's like don't bring that up please amen (laughs) but they wanted to see if there's anything looking for warnings warning signs how many every day warning signs are around us this morning bright and early i heard my cute nine pound yorkie barking apparently at something she was warning the family that danger was looming Maybe it was something like a squirrel. Probably was a dangerous squirrel that was trying to invade my family. So my dog said, I will protect this family. And she started barking. She was trying to warn us, right, that there was an enemy lurking and it's a squirrel. (laughs) You who have dogs know what I'm talking about, don't you? But we know there are warnings every day. Ambulances and fire trucks and police cars give off warnings. We see warnings all the time. We hear warnings in alarms, 
Some of you have a good sense of smell. My wife can smell things burning from distances that are, 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 are beyond my ability. We'll be sitting watching TV and she'll literally be like, you smell that? Something's burning. I'm like, I don't smell anything. You know? And she's like, no, 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 I smell something. And like, it's a warning that something is not right. Something's burning. Something is, there's an alarm, right? There's something warning us. Our nose can even warn us. Like if you've been in your car and some of you know, like your, your engine, when something's not right, sometimes you can actually, what, smell it, can't you? And so it's a warning. Also, we have written words. Written words give us warnings. Do not rip off this tag, <laughs> off that pillow, right? It's a, it's a crime. How many of you ever, that's kind of an interesting warning. Do not put this toaster in this water. It will cause electrical shock or possibly harm or death. <laughs> but we see warnings all the time. This cup of coffee, extreme hot. So we're used to warnings. We've obeyed many warnings. And for the most part, we follow the warnings. We do, because we know it's the right thing to do. But the greatest warning that we have is in the Bible, where it talks about searching our heart. And the Bible's full of these warnings. The Bible's full of stories and examples. And I want to read four. I'm just going to read these scriptures. Actually, I had eight, but I, it was so hard to narrow it down. If you've ever done a Bible study, it's very exhausting sometimes when you like, i got to narrow this down. And that's what I had to do. But I want to read these four verses without any other comments, but I just want to give you these four verses as our foundation in this series. The first one is Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 10. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. First Chronicles 28, 9. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart. So say that with me, a whole heart. Everything, a whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord searches the hearts and understands every interest, intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will, find, he will let you find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. Strong warning. Psalm 44, 21. Would not God find this out? For he knows the secrets of the heart. And then 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I think we're getting the point here. It's important that we have a heart check. It's important today in the world that we're living in, God, search my heart. Is there anything in my life that is keeping me bound or keeping me in this place of frustration or angry or holding grudges or full of fear? Just search my heart, amen? I don't want anything to come between me and God. And I want to start off by asking this question. Really, we're going to start here and then we're, going to, we're actually going to get into some scripture again. I want to ask, is anyone in this room, easy question, have you ever been um, misled? Anybody ever been betrayed or misled or taken advantage of? Some other words would be like duped or punked <laughs> or flat out lied to. You know, you, you were told one thing and you found out it was completely different. Or another question is, when is the last time you believed something that you shouldn't have? You believed something you shouldn't have had, or you expected something. 
It's, it's that feeling inside, you know, that gut feeling or that feeling inside, we call it a gut feeling, something inside that you can't quite define, but the word that we use in the church is you'll say, I have a check in my spirit. Have you ever had a check in your spirit? Maybe recently you got a, a check in your spirit, meaning like something you're discerning isn't right, something that you know isn't right. And a whole lot of life is, uh, a whole lot of life is black and white. Some things are very obvious and some things are very plain, but there are a lot of gray areas. Sometimes there are gray areas, and it's, it's in this gray area, this gray zone, that you and I have the capacity to get swiped away if our heart is not in the right place, if we haven't had a heart check recently, a heart check. Hard check is when you, when you get on your face before God, like we read in the scriptures, David, like, oh, search my heart if there's anything in me. Because we know that God does not look at what? The outward appearance. He looks at the heart. I could be in a moment of worship, but still in my heart I have some unforgiveness. That's what needs to be examined. You remember Paul's words to Timothy? He said, we've come into an age of seduction." Like, we've come into a time of seducing spirits. Church, we have truly now entered into a time of seduction. Can I get an amen? If you have a check in your spirit on that, you know that it's true. There are seducing spirits everywhere on the loose. Let me say this. We all need a greater measure of spiritual discernment right now. There have been many times in my life, in my marriage especially, where my wife, Heather, will say to me, "Um, honey, I think I need to be with you in that meeting today. Or I have a check in my spirit. I need to be with you when you talk to that person. Many times you will know when you call me, you'll hear her voice also there because I will intentionally set up meetings when my wife is nearby because I want her to be praying or helping me because she'll have the check in her spirit, right? And she'll say, you know, I sense something. I know we, we, I've probably shared this before, but we've been through things, even in youth ministry. We had this, we needed helpers. Churches are notorious for saying, we need helpers, right? We need anybody. And sometimes if we're not careful, if we're not discerning though, we can maybe let the wrong person in the, in the door too soon. And we were going through a season of growth and things were growing and word was getting out in, the, in our community and uh, we needed helpers. So we had this young couple start coming to church, praise God. This young couple, they were volunteering, they were excited and everything was going good. And then I remember my mother-in-law, she said to me, she's like, I have a check in my spirit about them. And I was like, no, you don't. I need helpers. I was so excited. I had these volunteers. We had, I don't know, you know, we just, within weeks, we went from 10 kids to 50 kids and so on. And I'm like, I just need helpers. And and she's like, no, I have a check in my spirit. Something's not right. Something's wrong. And I remember that. And then I found out, I wish I would have reacted to it sooner because I found it out they were inviting our teens to their house without us knowing and they were coming against us. They were saying things against us and our, us and our vision and our church. And they were teaching all kinds of heresy and wrong doctrine. And, and they, they were talking about things about God that's not true. And God doesn't need you to do this. And God doesn't need you to do that. And, and, and I want to say this check that was in her spirit was not just uh, uh, suspicion. 
It was not just a gut feeling, but it was the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit warning us to be careful. Second Peter, right? Second Peter talks about wolves in sheep's clothing. We need to be, I mean, it, it presents warnings to the church. And so we were getting this, this, this check in our spirit. The Bible says that in the latter days, in the latter days, there'll be greater deception. And I'm, I'm sure all of us know this word when I say this, that we are living in the information age, aren't we? I got my phone up here somewhere. I, you know, phones are amazing. Well, I think I do. Oh, there it is. Isn't it funny about a phone? You, you feel like it's with you all the time, right? We are living in the information age. I can, on this phone right now, I can do just about anything, pretty much. Um, and, and, and I can get all the information I need. I can pay my bills here. I can buy my groceries. I can search where the nearest Tim Hortons is, but I know right now where three are. Amen. <laughs> and, uh, but I can, I can do all these things, and, and there's an app for this, right? There's an app for everything on this, this phone. But many times, the more information that there is going around there, the possibility is for more deception. The more information sometimes can lead to deception in the world. We need to always remember that our source of information has to come from the Word of God. And we need to have a heart check. Where am I getting my information from? Because just when we think we've outsmarted life, you know, something comes along and we get duped a little bit. Like I said, have you ever been misled or lied to? I got a call a few years ago from Amp Energy, Energy Drinks. We knew someone who said, I got, we know about this thing called Amp Energy Drinks, and they're looking for a few people to put big stickers, like ride, drive around town. How many know this? Have you ever had this happen? And you're like, oh, this sounds good. And I know better. Come on, I know better. You know better. But I bought it. <laughs> and they're like, you know, we're going to send you these stickers. You put them on your car. Whenever you go anywhere, you're, you're pretty much a driving advertisement for Amp Energy Drinks. They're like, it's about, you'll get about $500 a week, $2,000 a month. I'm like, count me in. Praise God. God, this is, this is you, Lord. How many know I should have had a check in my spirit right away? Well, then I found out the check didn't come on time, and it took a little longer, and then I got a check for $2,000. Hallelujah. But I, I got a little bit suspicious. I got a little bit of a gut in my feeling. Better yet, the Holy Spirit, come on, put a check in my spirit. And then I called and they said, oh, you need to do this and that. What we need you to do is give, send $300 off your credit card. And then I knew I'm out. As soon as you hear those words, right? Give us your credit card number, $300 to pay for the, for the shipping and handling, all the people that did the work. And then you keep the rest. And I knew it was, it was a gimmick. Matter of fact, I started hearing from other people who were getting duped into that. But there are warning signs, spiritually speaking. That was a time when I didn't read all the warnings soon enough. There are warnings right now in our world. And I want you to turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 2. This is a wild chapter. Let's, let's just agree. 2 Timothy chapter 3 is a wild chapter. <laughs> Talks about the last days from a different perspective than Matthew, right? Um, Matthew 24 is more of an ecological point of view of the last days. Matthew 24 talks about famines and earthquakes and things like that happening uh, more on an environmental point of view, Matthew 24. But 2 Timothy chapter 3 is more of a sociological point of view, okay? Um, it talks about like people in the last days will be this, 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 this. It's, it's warning signs. It's a heart check for people. 
2 Timothy chapter 3 tells us this, verse 1, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times, for people will love only themselves and their moolah, money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. This, I've actually seen that quite a few times on news where they scoff at God, disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will, they will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the, say it with me, what would they reject? The power. Come on, we, that's, that's, that's the key right there is the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Stay away. Sounds like the days we live in, doesn't it? Now drop down to verse 12, and in this same letter to Timothy, Paul is saying, verse 12, yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but evil people and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others, and then they them, and will themselves be deceived. If we've ever needed discernment, if we've ever needed a heart check, we need it now because we live in the age of deception. A lot of people don't know what's, what to believe anymore. I hear that all the time. People are like, I don't know what to believe. There's so much information and misinformation. Everybody has a different opinion on everything right now. It's amazing, right? But we understand God's word gives us that place to have a heart check. I heard something someone said, the only time that someone who's an atheist believes in God is when they blame God, right? And maybe there's people who aren't even atheists, but the only time people really act out and talk about God or act about God is when they blame God for things. God is not to be blamed. God is to be worshiped, amen? God is to be worshiped. Don't believe the lies. Don't believe the deception because we have to operate in the spirit, verse 14, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. I promise as your pastor, no matter what we go through, we will do everything we can to always teach from the word of God. We will teach from the word of God. You have been taught the holy scriptures from childhood. And they, have been, and they have given you wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. You have been taught for a long time. I've noticed in my years of ministry many times the ones who have grown up in church, sometimes I grew up in church, sometimes we're the ones who are the hardest to to turn, we kind of sometimes get stuck in a rut. I've seen people who've never heard about Jesus and they come to Jesus in their mid-20s or mid-30s and they're just like excited about anything. They see communion cups and they do a, they do a holy dance, hallelujah. Hallelujah, we're having communion today, pastor, praise God. I want to be very careful I don't ever, ever have a religious spirit. Come on, somebody. I don't want to have a religious spirit where I've said, I've seen it all, I've done it all, and I know what to expect. With my God, I don't know what to expect all the time. Amen? God's going to do something new and amazing if we let him do something new and amazing. Did I read verse 16? I think I did. All scripture, 
So is God breathed? Amen. That's an in-stay verse and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, trusting, training in righteousness. Verse 17, God uses it to prepare and equip his people for every good work. But we need to have a heart check. We need to have a time where we just get alone with God. Search me, God, if there's anything in my life, anything, in these last days, because right now we need to be very aware that there's so much deception, there's so much seducing, and it's very easy for kind of just to go through life and think nothing is wrong. The devil doesn't always make things plain. He makes things gray. He doesn't make everything black and white. It's gray, right? It's a gray area. He wants us to be asleep. He wants us to be unaware. But church, we serve a God who makes us alert. We serve a God who sends his son and his spirit to give us warnings, to give us check in our spirit. Amen? And we all know what that is. Remember, this can be a gray area. See, let me give you some examples. Because we really need the Holy Spirit to speak to us on some things. Because some things, you know, some things are not so gray. They're black and white. Like the verse, flee from sexual impurity. How many know? That's not a gray area. That's black and white. Okay, pastor, is it okay for me to watch porn? No, that is not a gray area. Can I get an amen? Can we, can I go to the strip club even though I'm married and all that? Well, even if you're not married, no, that's not a gray area. That's black and white, right? If you're struggling with that, please come for prayer. And, you know, please, these should be black and white. But there are some areas where the enemy will move in those gray areas. Make us think it's okay to talk about this or talk about that person or, or have some hurt or some anger or stop not, maybe not reading the Bible the way we used to or maybe not doing the things we used to. We can easily slip into these things and tell ourselves that we don't need it anymore, but we do. But what we will find is we will most accurately discern when we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Amen. I need a heart check. Every single day I need a heart check. And the, the warnings are all around us, all around us. And the more we get to know God through his word, amen, the more accurate we will be when it comes to spiritual discernment. Spiritual discernment comes through God's word. There's not a, we could try to teach you, I have a class and have five points to have spiritual discernment, but you know the best way to have spiritual discernment is to know the word of God. Amen. Know the word of God. I love being around people who can just, they just speak the word. I'm like, yes, Lord, hallelujah. There's that discerning spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will never work con in, con in contrast or contrary to God's word. The Holy Spirit will never do that. Because God's word is God's, God breathed, right? And it will always line up. And let me say this, you might just be at the, at the beginning of your Christian walk, your journey with Christ. Maybe you're sitting here, maybe you're watching and you're, you're on your journey with Christ. And you say, well, I don't, I, I, I don't grasp all the scriptures yet. There's people I've been around that have been saved longer than I and they're, they're, they know way more scriptures. No matter where you're at in your journey, it's not comparing who knows what or who knows more. Just keep working at it, keep learning, Amen. That we can't get into this competition of, well, wow, they really know a lot. Wow, that's so awesome. They're on their own journey. What is God doing in your life right now? We gotta stop keeping score in church. We gotta stop comparing and we gotta stop putting people on pedestals like, oh, they're the greatest ever and they're the greatest this. No, it's God inside them that's great. Amen? 
I get a little bit offended when I hear people putting others on pedestals. I'm going to be honest, because I I, one of the things I love is the, the, the ministry of certain people. that I, I, There's some that I really love and I admire some, some people, and uh, like, like Franklin Graham and, and Francis Chan, and there's many others. That's just to name a few. But they, they, they have this humility about them. There's this humble spirit about them. And we all know what God said in Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, right? God said, let there be light. And what happened when he said, let there be light? There was light, the original clap-on. Okay. (laughs) But, you know, it's not a coincidence. The first time that the universe heard the words of God, God's voice, it was not let there be joy or peace or any. It was let there be light because faith requires light. Life requires light. Light. Why? Because we live in dark times. Some would argue that we live in the darkest hour. The darkened by sin, immorality, spiritual apathy, poverty, pornography, violence, false prophets, laziness, idol worship, materialism, discord, division, strife, hate, jealousy, fear, and on and on, right? We know the drill. Unbelief. How many can say, yes, we live in some dark times? But yet in the midst of the darkness stems the following truth. Jesus still saves. Jesus still delivers. Jesus, believe it or not, still heals. And Jesus, believe it or not, is coming back again soon. He's alive. And he is the light of the world. No matter what we see, no matter all the things that are going on that seem dark, Jesus is still in control. God is in control. Matthew 5 is where I'm going to bring us to a conclusion here. And it's the Sermon on the Mount. I go there a lot. I don't know about you, but I find myself always going to Matthew 5, 6, 7. It's just so amazing. It's just the greatest sermon ever, isn't it? I mean, we're talking about fasting. We have verses in there about fasting. You have, you have the Beatitudes. You have the Lord's Prayer. You have so many amazing things. Love your enemies. Give to the needy, right? How to pray, how to fast. Chapter 6 says, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow. Worry about itself. Who can add a single hour to their life by worrying? Amen? So we know these amazing verses, do not judge, and so on. But there's a few verses in chapter 5 that talk about being the salt and light spoken by Jesus. 5.13, you are the salt of the earth. Right? Heart check. Am I the salt of the earth? Am I, am, is my life representing the good news. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? If the church loses its power, come on. If the church loses its, its passion, is it still what we want as a church? Is it then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men? Verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Let me say this in a very expedited manner, if I could. A very expedited manner. When, when light stands next to darkness, light always wins. Period. We are the light of the world set on a hill. We need to have a heart check to say, is my life representing 
the light of the world, Jesus. I am an ambassador for him. Amen. We are his hands and his feet. Or has some darkness infiltrated my life? Heart check. Are there some things that I'm doing, some decisions that I'm making, some gray areas that I've made exceptions for that God doesn't approve? Do you have a check in your spirit? Is something to ask. The check in your spirit is the Holy Spirit, amen? That's something I've always said. If, if, if you're doing things and dabbling in things, or if I'm doing things and dabbling in things, and it doesn't bother me anymore, I need to get on my face before God, amen? Because I need to have a check in my spirit because that is the Holy Spirit inside of me. But what defines us? What defines us? Well, we are defined by Jesus Christ. We are not defined by our past. Amen? We are not defined by our circumstances. We are not defined by what others say about us. Can I get an amen? People say all kinds of stuff about people, especially behind a keyboard or a phone. But here's some great news from what took place on the cross. Christ defines us. Christ defines this church, amen? Christ defines your family. When is the last time I pray in Jesus' name you'll walk around your house and just start pleading the blood, amen? Start pleading the blood over your marriage. Listen, we, we cannot live in a day and age where we pray these prayers anymore. Dear God, help little Johnny. I just hope he comes around. No, in the name of Jesus, I pray that John will rise up Start speaking. I mean, we are Pentecostal. I pray that you'll be speaking in tongues filled with the Holy Ghost and power. Amen. Church, we need the power to be turned back on. Maybe we've turned the power off. The power's been off for a while. We're just kind of going through the motions. We need to ask ourselves, is it time for a heart check? Am I more interested in the things of this world? Because this time is short. It's fleeting. Life is fleeting, isn't it? Life is fleeting. Christina knows this. Heather knows this. I made a post on, on TikTok. They follow me. Somehow I got like 12,000 followers. I've been getting people sending me comments. I just got one yesterday saying, thank you for posting. I'm not even scriptures, but I put something about life is fleeting. It's quick. It's actually Robin Williams who said that event, uh, in the first part. And it's Christ that defines us. Christ defines us. Aren't you glad we're not defined by what surrounds us? We're not defined by any things. We are defined by God's spirit inside us. We are not defined by our circumstances. Like I said, we are defined by his covenant. We are not defined by fear or worry. We are defined by our faith and our belief. We are not defined by our failures. We are defined by his forgiveness. And, and, and to any religious people, which... None of them here, none of them watching, but anyone who would ever watch this, we'll just say that. Maybe I've even come into this category at times in my life. We are not defined by what we do for God. We are defined by what God already did for us. I've said this one before. Salvation is never about how good you are. Salvation is always about how good God is. We cannot earn his favor. We cannot earn it. It's given to us. It's a gift. The cross, the empty tomb. The upper room, his blood, all these things defined us. We are defined by Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Christ lives in you. How many this morning are thankful Christ lives in you? If he is in you, right, then maybe there are some things in our life. He's like, I don't want to be a partner with that thing anymore that you're allowed into your life. 
Because I have, if you have Jesus in your heart, if Jesus is in your life, guess what? When we put things in our life that are not approved by God, it doesn't, it's oil and water. They don't mix. We are defined by Christ. And we cannot be light. Listen to this very carefully until we embrace the following. Today's complacency is tomorrow's captivity. Whatever we're complacent in will be tomorrow's captivity. Those things that seem great. There is no such thing as comfortable Christianity. And you are what you tolerate. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. So what is tempting us to turn off the light if there is something? What is it? What is keeping the light shine as brightly as it should? And I don't think we can ever deny that there's a spiritual battle raging right now beyond anything we could see. This is bigger than political. This is bigger than anything. There's a spiritual battle raging right now for the souls and the lives of people. I praise God for the many people who are coming to Jesus. I praise God right now. I declare, I thank the Lord for family members and loved ones in this house that right now are struggling to find their identity. They're messing with things. They're doing things. In Jesus' name, I'm praising you right now for their return home. Amen. I'm praising God for people to put down that thing that has, has delayed their growth progress. Come on. Has delayed it. But guess what? It's not ended their growth. It's delayed it. But we declare right now in Jesus' name that they will declare today, I'm ready for a heart check. I'm ready. I'm ready, God. Because there's a lot of deception. And I've said this part before, and I put it in here because I thought it went so well. And I'm going to say it again. We know that there are real spirits in the world today. And let me give you some examples from the Bible. The spirit of Pharaoh lives, holding people captive and in bondage and fear. The spirit of Goliath still lives, mocking and intimidating the children of God. The spirit of Jezebel still makes men and women hide in caves through manipulation and control. The spirit of Absalom is dividing homes and churches and relationships. The spirit of Herod is killing the young through abortion, violence, poverty, and sex trafficking. But I have good news for you today, and you know the good news. In spite of what you see on CNN, MSNBC, CBS, ABC, NBC, and all the affiliates, no matter what, no matter what you hear, there is a spirit more powerful, amen, than all these combined. And we are here to declare today that the only spirit that has power, true power, wonder-working power now and forevermore, it's not the spirit of Pharaoh. It's not the spirit of Saul or Absalom or Goliath or Jezebel. The most powerful spirit that is and was and ever will be is the almighty God spirit living in us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And we understand that these spirits are at work. I'm going to give you, can I give you some homework? Yeah. I got some shirts. All right. I'll take that. I'll take that. Can I get a second? I'm still in a business meeting. All right. Now, you don't have to do it, but I want to encourage you to read a, a chapter this week. You can do it. It's the chapter of 2 Peter. 2 Peter is a book of, of warnings. But it's not to be afraid to read. Don't be afraid to read it because it's good news for those who, who are believers. It's a book of warnings. 2 Peter gives a, a blueprint 
for Christians living in today's world. Second Peter was written around the year 67 AD. Someone that obviously is written, most every scholar believes, by Peter. Peter, and then it, it also talks a lot about Paul. So we're talking about 30 plus years from, from the time Jesus died on the cross, rose again, and ascended to heaven. 67 AD, it's a, it's a time Peter's life is coming in, but it's a, it's, a, it's a chapter, three chapters that give us a blueprint for Christians, and I think, I, yeah, I do, thank you guys. Chapter one is guidance for growing Christians. Let me just say this right now. Everybody in this room, you are a growing Christian, right? right? Nobody ever stops growing in my book. Well, I never stop growing. You should never be like, well, I've grown. I've been in church my whole life. No, we're still growing. <laughs> chapter two gives dangers for growing Christians. And chapter three gives hope for growing Christians. Chapter three is really going to touch on some, some end time things. But that's an easy read. You could probably do it today. I encourage you to read that as we continue this series on heart check. Reading what it says about Christians, guidance and danger and hope for growing Christians. Would you stand with me? Matter of fact, I encourage you. It's so easy to read that. Find yourself, go, go right on into 1 John, right? 1 John is right after that. And, and it talks about God is love. God is life. God is all these things. And, and so keep reading and reading God's word. He's light. He's love. And he's life. God is all these things. You know, and I find it interesting the way the Bible is, is, is written there. It's after 2 Peter we get, hear these warnings. But then 1 John reminds us where the answer is. God is life. God is love. God is light. God is light. We talked about light. Be the light of the world. I want to pray over everyone here now and those who are watching online. Listen. Where you're at right now in this life, God has put you in that place. God has put you in a circle of influence with your friends, with your family. And, and I, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm just saying, church, we need to take hold of our calling. And maybe it's been a while since you've had the power fully turned on, but say, Lord, would you just search me right now? Turn the power full on in my life. Because we need the Spirit of God to lead us now more than ever in the world that we're living in. We need to have our eyes open. We need to know when we have a check in our spirit. And I pray that every lesson we learn is looked at as a lesson. Everything we go through, God, would you teach me something in this situation? Would you show me something? Show your power, wonder-working power. Now, I'm going to be honest. When I, when I prayed over those dear people in Pakistan for healing. I didn't do anything different than I pray here. It's not like God just, I, I literally just read some scriptures. I pray in Jesus' name for healing and things happen. How many in this room today say, I need a healing or I know someone who needs healing? There's power in the name of Jesus. I, okay, I'm just gonna, I'm pretending right now I'm standing by you and I'm gonna put your hand up. Everybody in this room, we know people who need healing, Amen. God wants to use us. God's going to use you. God's going to use your voice. God is going to use your anointing. God is going to use your life. You might say, I'm, I'm not a, the kind of person who just does this stuff. Listen, he can use anything he wants. You don't have to be, a, it doesn't have to be a big production. You just have to believe that God is able. 
Father, right now I agree in prayer with my brothers and sisters in Christ, those who are here and those who are watching God. Father, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use us. As we agree in prayer for miracles to happen, for signs and wonders to be on full display, for the power of God to be released in our lives. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for those healings that are needed. We thank you now that, that, that the healing was provided for us 2,000 years ago on the cross at Calvary. And Lord God, we take hold of that promise today. Lord, I pray for anybody that is struggling. I pray for that family member that's wandering. Maybe somebody's fallen off to the wayside a little bit, Lord God. Lord, let us be like the good Samaritan. Father, let us be the good Samaritan that goes and helps their brother or sister up, no matter who they are, no matter where they've been, no matter what they've done. God, I pray in Jesus' name for loved ones and family members to return home. Father, I pray for anybody that's struggling with with fear, anxiety, addictions, guilt, shame, all these things that the enemy tries to make us wear. Father God, we, we ask that you would take those things off and we put on a garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness can go in Jesus' name. Go, we go from this place rejoicing. We go from this place knowing that God is in control. No matter what we see happen this week in our world, in our nation, or on the news, God, you're still God, you're still on the throne. And we know the warning signs are all around us that we need to be ready and get our house in order. I pray a blessing now over every single one that is able to be here and those who are watching. I pray for safety on the roads driving. I pray for all of our workers, keep everyone safe at work or at home. I pray for all of our people who work at home or or take care of others. Pray for safety and strength and, and everything, Lord God, to be given you the glory for everything you do for us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Listen, I wish I could shake everybody's hand. I'm dismissing you right now. I know some weeks I can't get a chance to say hi and greet everyone, but I want you to know from the bottom of my heart how much Heather and I care for our church. We love you so much. I wish I could have you all for dinner this week, but um, that would be a lot of cooking to do, so maybe we'll spread it out. But we love you. We pray for you all the time by name, and we know that... uh, that God's got a great thing for you. Amen. Have a wonderful day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. I will pray for you if you need prayer this morning. And uh, be safe. Have a great day. God bless you.